Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey there, welcome to the COB. Great to have you along with us. It is the 13th of January, 2021. Us being myself, Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with David Scott. Fantastic to be back as always. It's uh, hump day, one of my favorite days of the week. It sure is. Wednesday, and it looks as if we have broken the three-day losing streak, the XJO, up by a tenth of one percent. Listen, Scotty, nothing to write home about, but uh, kind of mirroring what happened on Wall Street overnight just with marginal gains. Yes, we're really looking for the next catalyst to go and move markets high. And I, I think even there's this discussion about what's going on uh, with the fiscal side of the equation, the U.S., the new new program that could be pushed through by the Democrats is already probably larger in the price. So it comes to what next? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people are talking about the Federal Reserve, of course. So many Fed speakers the last uh, 24 hours and again this evening. Yep. And uh, a variety of views. And But their tapering talk is really interesting what's going on at the moment as to what and when it may take place. Yeah, So, um, but pre Prepping, pre, pre-prepping the market for the eventuality that if we start to see inflation building, if we start to see this economic trajectory continue how it well, has been traveling to a large part, then there will be a need to taper. But uh, what it is, is it's way further down the track. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, to your point, it's just interesting that it's starting to come up now. Um, it is also interesting that the jobs data is softening. And um, we saw that even last night in the JOLTS job r- report. Now, obviously, it's backward looking. Uh, however, in comparison to what's happening here in Australia, you've got to say that the second, third waves in the U.S. is damaging the jobs market. Undoubtedly. And uh, that report was for November. Mm-hmm. Of course, we saw that decline in payrolls in December. So no real surprises there. We know that the uh, the U.S. economy is losing momentum. Uh, we've got, they've got that smaller stimulus package. It's just been passed through Congress. Uh, but certainly a lot more needs to be done, it looks like. Uh, despite the rollout of that vaccine, things are pretty grim over there from a distance, I've got to say. But uh, look, let's hope that uh, no common sense prevails, uh, the right amount. And I think when it comes to stimulus payments, you'd probably rather go a little bit too much rather than a little bit too little at this stage. We will get some of those details coming from the incoming Biden administration on Thursday, we're told. So looking forward to that. And to your point, Fed speakers tonight, Clarita Lail Branyard. Um, and the Beige Book is released as well. So more details coming from the feds. We're all parsing all of the speeches just for any sort of uh, a hint as to when and where their thoughts are in terms of potentially winding back some of the stimulus. Although we had the speakers overnight saying, you know, there's still a lot. Uh, Mester, I think it was, or a Mester. You know, government support is still needed. Hey, we've, um, we've, we've gone down that path. So the U.S., well, let's say the U.S. is covered. Let's just talk about... The economic recovery here at home, I mean, we had skills, job, vacancies data out today. And again, that was looking pretty good. We just need to keep we just need to keep going in terms of uh, keeping these breakouts, COVID breakouts under control, um, as well as I suppose, Scotty, avoid some sort of a policy misstep and get that vaccine rolled out. 
Yes, well, it looks like it's uh, being brought forward here locally by the day. It seems to be a lot of pressure coming through from a variety of different sources on our politicians to go and get that done. But the, uh, the jobs market has been incredibly resilient from a headline numbers perspective. We saw that today. Uh, vacancies measured by the ABS survey, uh, the highest level that uh, they've been in record, like yeah. record high and way above what they were pre-pandemic. I'm not quite buying it though, like to be honest. Why? It's like, because the labour market is nowhere near as strong as the numbers suggest. A lot of the a lot of the jobs that have come back, it's very notable that uh, a lot of part-time jobs have come back. That's basically the same level they were before the pandemic. Full-time is still around about 150,000 plus uh, below, which tells me that a lot of those more skilled jobs potentially hasn't come back online yet. It's not to say they won't, but it's not been there yet. And uh, I just wonder, like, no, I look around the streets and uh, I see lots of people riding scooters, lots of people riding bikes, and wasn't if it was different in the past. But, but are those encompassed in the read that we got today, which was skilled vacancies? They're all, well, they're, they're vacancies that are reported by a selection of Australian businesses surveyed by the ABS. So the, the RBA prefers that. But I went and did a bit of research online. I had a look at a few of the job sites and I put in a couple of words, delivery. Uh, in, in one looked at, there was around about 18,000 jobs where the headline involved delivery. Uh, now, I don't want to go and, and dismiss uh, jobs. I want to go and see jobs being created. But at the moment, I just think a lot of the jobs that have been created may not be of the quality that we're really striving for longer term. Hopefully, as the economy heats up, that will change. Yeah, well, um, here's to the data that... Uh is coming through and yeah that it continues to improve both at a headline level and under the hood uh look we have a real theme on our hands to start 2020 and that is the discretionary retail space premier investments the cream of the crop today hitting a record high shares up 13 percent, but it builds on a whole bunch of these retailers that have come up with um, pretty good guidance ahead of reporting season. We talked about it yesterday. We don't have to go too far into it, but it's Premier, it's Universal Stores, it's Nick Scully, it's all the rest of them. I'm curious to know when we'll hear something from the likes of JB Hi-Fi, West Farmers, because of course we know that those thematics were so strong. Um, and, you know, reporting season is knocking on the door. They've got to do it now. Yeah, look, it's almost a given. And I've got to say that I'm surprised by the other scale of the share price movements we're seeing. It's a given. I don't say that very regularly when it comes to it, but we know how much retailers, goods retailers have benefited from the stay-at-home, the inability to spend on services that we do in the past. Uh, I must admit, I've been way too early on this call. Look, uh, I think longer term, the secular trends that have been hitting the discretionary retailers will re-emerge once you've got a choice. But for the time, they're making hay while the sun shines. And my goodness, some of the other results that have been reported are just breathtaking. And to put on top of that, uh, another fact that some of these were receiving JobKeeper payments yeah. earlier in the, in the piece just makes the mind boggle. I um, rarely say this in a podcast, but I think I'm going to write about that. Um, just the whole, I think there's going to be a real conversation about JobKeeper, what companies in a social responsibility, corporate social responsibility type view should do in terms of JobKeeper going forward if they have proven to be not just resilient, because that was the design of the program, but, you know, really making hay through this pandemic. Um, I do note uh, that, you know, the, the CEO of Toyota here in Australia has returned the JobKeeper payments that the company was a beneficiary to in the first instance and saying that, you know, they did need them at that time because there was so much uncertainty. But uh, considering how well the company did in terms of car sales, that he has made the decision to return those payments to the ATO, I think it's one to watch. And I think that there's going to be a lot of journalists that will be parsing through all of these 
company statements come reporting season to get a better handle on what was done with JobKeeper? Yeah, well, they need to because, look, there's nothing that's been unlawful that's taking place. But it's, No, look, and I don't blame the government but, either because it yeah, was a rushed program, yeah. but it, it was needed. But it's like given the hit that so many Australians have taken, a lot of these executives are rewarding themselves with massive bonuses, which are basically taxpayer-funded yeah. uh, for that program. I think it's disgusting. And I, I applaud uh, Toyota's movement to go, go and repay that figure because it's not required, obviously. But uh, a lot of the, uh, the other companies that have received it and done very well in this pre-pandemic or the post-pandemic period have already spent it. They've already put it off in, uh, in dividends or special dividends or bonuses to execs. Um, yeah, anyway, so there you go. That's, uh, I think, something that's going to be quite live on a national um, level, especially come reporting season. Maybe I don't need to write about it anymore. Okay, let's talk about... I could just, just mention some of the interviews that we did today. We, um, speaking of the US politics, Joe Biden talking about uh, the clean energy wave. We've got a view on what companies could really benefit from that locally, so that you can listen to that in the show notes. There's another one in terms of... Biden and stimulus with uh, Milford Asset Management's Will Curtain. So find out what he thinks will be big in 2021. And we also spoke with Split It today. So gave a bit more detail about the deal that it's done with Google in Japan. Um, these buy now, pay laters, well, they're not going away. Um, it's split it is a little bit different, but you know, 2021 hasn't really changed the narrative at all. There's all these deals being done, lots of uh, customer and merchant acquisitions. We've seen updates coming from a number of these plays. Yes, and uh, once again, like another industry that's been a beneficiary from the uh, know the uh, the stimulus rollout that has been received. Uh, split it, as you said, it's a bit different. Uh, uses existing credit lines with credit card providers. I have to go and make installment payments. And uh, it was very interesting to go and see the chief executive's view there about the, uh, the regulatory environment when it comes to consumer credit code and the need for a uh, even space and, uh, and balanced space when it comes to uh, no, monitoring the risks associated with unsecured lending. Okay, so split it. Uh, shares ended higher. Let's now talk about the stock of the day, Audinate. Audinate came out with a trading update today, half-yearly revenue at roughly $14.3 million, hurt by the strong Aussie dollar, but still better on the corresponding period last year. We spoke with our guests today, Henry Jennings from Markets Today, Andrew Veitland from DP Wealth Advisory. Here's what they had to say. Given that the Aussie dollar is probably going to be uh, continuing to push higher as well, um, it looks like it's got 80 cents very much in its sights. Um, that's probably going to be a bit of a headwind, but I, I guess it's been quietly reassuring that the results have been as good as they have been. Uh, the stock price has gone on a pretty big tear uh, since those lows around $2.40, uh, you know, up here around 8 bucks. It, it's been a stellar performer with the, the Dante product seem to sort of be able to pivot in that uh, AV technology industry. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great quality stock, good technology, market leader, but just pushed a little high for my blood to be buying up here. So I think the A dollar is going to be a big issue for them and a number of other companies. This year. You know, that's probably going to be one of our big themes for 2021, will we hit 80 cents and beyond? So at this stage, I'm a, I'm a, I'd be a hold at these levels, but certainly as you know, as you can see in that chart there, we've come a, a long way since those March lows, but uh, couldn't bring myself to pay eight bucks. I note consensus at the moment, 750 prior to this update today. So as Henry's saying, there might be a bit of a, a kick, but I'd probably, pre this, is top, this is the type of business I'd prefer to be buying on weakness, not into strength. So, um it's not going in the portfolio, but we thought we'd get one more view on Audinate because it seems to me, Scotty, people like this company. 
They just don't love it at these levels. Let's hear what Nathan Samasandram from Deep Data Analytics also had to say as a bonus for all of our regular listeners. Ordinate's done well. Um, the only problem with that is it's customers, when you have lockdown restrictions around the world, will get into some trouble. So there's a lot of things that have gone right for it. It's a great model. I like it. But I think, you know, when tech stocks are under pressure, this thing has outperformed most expectations and it's affected by lockdown restrictions. So I'd be taking some money off the table and coming back later. So there you go. Seems to be consensus. That was three views on Audinate, the stock of the day. AD8 is the ticker code. So, Scotty, we get the CPI index out in the U.S. for December tonight. Um, inflation is such such a focal point right now when we will see inflation return in a meaningful way what will it mean will this read give us much insight no we'll ask me again in about uh four months time when we start seeing the base effects really pull through and we'll see uh, a lot of the inflation readings go above the fed's target and then uh, ask me at that stage i think it'll be a very different story okay stem stovall kicks it off in the morning 10 10 a.m he will be joining us from new york to take us through whatever happens in terms of this impeachment process what investors importantly need to know about it the call will be a good one robert courtlett from macro capital and owen raskowitz from rask australia we will also be speaking with the MD of Brink. It's a climate-conscious startup. We love talking startups between 2 and 3 p.m. each and every day. And we will be joined by Andrew Coltis. He is from Evans & Partner to give us his international view on the markets. Look, it's all happening, Scuddy. We've got to wrap it up. you got to run. And we look forward to doing it all tomorrow. I'll see you then. See you then.